30 for 30 podcast post game Wisconsin. The Illini get the win in Madison in a you know uh, a big game they from um, on the defensive end especially and they beat Wisconsin 74 to 69 against the number 23 in, team in the country without Io DeSumo who uh, was at the game which is very encouraging to see him still around the team but got big games from Kofi Coburn, Demonte Williams and especially I would say Andre Curbelo really stepping up in the absence of DeSumo and the Illini get the win. They move um, into a the second place alone in the Big Ten. They now have a uh, should have clinched a double bye, although they haven't uh, mentioned it yet. But they're eighteen and six overall, fourteen and four in the Big Ten. Should have a double bye and won't play till Friday in the Big Ten tourney. And when you're trying to get guys back healthy like Desumu, and after a three games and five days and two more games next week, and you want to kind of refresh, it'll be nice to have that time off. I think. Yep, totally agree. They, uh, they go in and beat a, a number 23 Wisconsin Badgers team on the road. Um, that's a statement in, a, in any year when you can beat uh, the Badgers in Madison and when you can do it without a national player of the year candidate, that is darn incredible. Yeah, I think that's the most impressive thing. You mentioned it. It's totally true. It's a great win. I mean, it's a great win. If IO plays, this is a really good win. With IO not playing... And, and let's be honest, Illinois controlled that game. They had a 12-point lead with two and a half minutes to go. And then Demetrius Trice just goes ham. I mean, he just went nuts. He's draining shots. And, and I can't even blame the defense. The one thing I thought that changed a little bit, Illinois went to their no three-pointer defense and gave up a bunch of threes. Because what it is, then Wisconsin's able to read. They know they're going to switch. And it just became they could play off the switches. Before they didn't, it was like a hedge and recover and – the backside rotation, it was, it just made it tough. And it, they got the ball out of Trice's hands. Now with the switch, he can, he's able to just go off that screen, get a switch, hit that shot. And he got two drives where he drew fouls on Kofi and it allowed him to maybe get his rhythm from the line and, and kind of connect. And then the next thing, you know, there it is. Boom, 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 boom. And he did bank one in. So I, I guess the bank was open uh, in Wisconsin until five. So uh, he was, he was good to go today. Yeah, it was, it was hard to argue too much with the defense. The only thing I thought was with some of the fouls that were called a little bit earlier in the half, it seemed to take a little bit of the uh, starch out of the Illinois defense. They seemed to kind of back off just a little bit. Now, some of that might be blamed on, you know, just kids being kids, thinking they're up uh, by enough. And the other part was, is I don't think they wanted to play the whole rest of the half uh, at the Wisconsin free throw line. And <laughs> yeah. I do, I do think that they did, the, the, the kids were thinking about that as they were guarding. And then you throw in all the factors you brought up. Um, but I don't want to take anything away from Trice because I was, I got to be honest with you. I was going through the, the back of my, my brain trying to figure out the last time I've seen a streak like this. And, you know, that, it goes back to like a, a, Harden in the NBA or or LeBron or Kevin Durant when they get on a roll I, I didn't you might have a better memory than me but from a college standpoint it's been a while since I've seen somebody just go absolutely uh from zero to 900 miles an hour like that it was very Reggie Miller-esque I think that's what yeah. they talked about it reminded me of Reggie Miller I mean, did you just run around draining threes um at the end of a game and, and just to get his team back and it was like and the thing is, you got to give credit, though, to the Illinois guys. Trent Frazier and Andre Curbelo and, and Jacob Grandison then with the last two. But Frazier and Curbelo step up. And those are key free throws because they yes. kept Illinois. Wisconsin never had a chance 
to tie or take the lead. Despite everything that was going on, all the shots he's making, because they're making their free throws, they're inching closer with the threes, but they can't ever get over the hump. And those are huge. And we talk about their free throw woes, but I still take it back. My big thing with Illinois, I think their free throw woes are significant because most of the guy, most of the time the guy shooting the free throws is Kofi Coburn. I mean, he shot 11 free throws today. He's five out of 11. So you look at the free throws, Illinois is 19 out of 27. That's good. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're 14 out of 16 if you take out Kofi's free throws. So that's pretty good. Um, uh, it, it's, it'd be like, you know, they wouldn't be a good three-point shooting team if Kofi's shooting threes either. But when he's dunking, he's yeah. really good. That's when he's really effective. So I so I, I thought it was a huge win. I thought it was really uh, impressive the way they were able to do things. They do need to work on their inbounds plays clearly at the end of the game, though. Um, and I think some of that, uh, Underwood mentioned that in the postgame, that Normally, DeSumo's the trigger man. Since he got hurt, they've had two walkthrough practices, like seriously, and traveled home and then to, you know, Madison. So they haven't had a lot of practice time to work on it. So Curbelo, hey, take the ball out of bounds here at the key spot of the game. Well, it just changes everything. So now they have a day where they're obviously that's something they're going to work on before they play Michigan and Ohio State um, without Io. But then maybe they'll get Io back for Ohio State, and we'll, we won't have to worry about it. But it, it definitely changes the way that the game's played when you, you take Tasumu out and all these guys have to step into a different role. And uh, it was really impressive. I will say that although Trice had, I don't know what he had, he had like a half a million points. What did he end up with? He ended up with 29 points. But I thought Trent Frazier did a fantastic job on him up until the very end when they start switching. And then he starts scoring. He hit a three over DeMonte, hit a three over Grandison, hit a, you know, gets two fouls against Kofi. It wasn't on, he hit, he did bank one in against Trent. So you got to give him credit there, but it wasn't really, I thought Frazier was fantastic against him. And that's why he didn't go off early in the game is because they did such a great job. Um, the, 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 the old yeah. mantra that yeah. they talk about is Frazier doesn't get screened. So. Notice was down the stretch. Illinois made free throw after free throw. Um, 10 in the last 45 seconds, 10 for 10, just amazing. Um, the, the composure that was shown by this team without their number one player, but Kofi, their, their number one, a was on the bench because of his free throw shooting, uh, challenges. One is, is it certainly builds the confidence of the team in coach Underwood's strategies because, taking Kofi out and then making sure that we had guys in to make free throws was proven to be the correct move. But man, that is, that is high pressure situations that those kids went through. And, and, you know, a lot of those free throws, they weren't even the, the hold your breath free throw. It was just no rim, no board, just cord. And it was nice to see those guys build that confidence and that they're going into a buzzsaw on Tuesday night, but they got to feel good about what they're bringing. And that last, you know, couple minutes of the game, the offensive end, they really, they really did, you know, when it, when it came down to making the free throws and it really, everything was on the line, they came through. Yeah, it was a, it was huge for them. I think that's a great building thing. I think it shows what they can do and it should give those guys confidence down the stretch, even when they get IO back to make plays in those situations. The one thing I got to, I got to harp on though, I don't understand what's going on with Kofi Coburn and his uh, the way they officiate him. This dude gets fouled every play. Like every time he turns to shoot, somebody hits him on the arm. They call jump balls when guys are just grabbing grabbing him on the arm. Yes, I know he's big. You you should not penalize people for being big. 
Um, Underwood mentioned in the post game the other day. I mean, you can't penalize him for being, you know, being able to bench 450 or squat the State Farm Center. I think that's a slight exaggeration, maybe only half the State Farm Center. But regardless, you, you can't punish this kid for being big. It, it's so frustrating because he gets guys on his hips. He turns to shoot. He gets hit on the arm. Guys dig. He's got a rebound, comes in. Guys are grabbing his arm, holding him. He turns to shoot. He gets hit on the arm. You watch the replays. And, and I, you know, with, you know, I'm able to watch all these replays and I watch the, I, you can zoom in and you watch, he's just getting whacked and, and no calls. I mean, yeah, he shot 11 free throws. He should have shot 25. Now, I don't know if that's always good for Illinois sometimes because if he gets fouled, maybe it, maybe, maybe it's a turnover, but uh, because it's not a great free throw shooter, you know, you just have to call those fouls. Um, and I know it's tough to guard him, it's tough to officiate him. Um, but at the other end of the floor, then when he does something, because if he touches somebody, they're going to go flying. He gets a foul every time because he's so big and strong. So officials really got to get better at that. I'm hoping that the Big Ten officials know him really well. And so they have they have it in their mind. They're not going to call that stuff because he can take it. They get in the NCAA tournament, and they'll they'll call those fouls. I'm hoping. Yeah, I, 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 I worry because we all saw what Shaq went through. And, and you listen to him talk about why he went pro, it always revolves around the point that, um, you know, he couldn't get any calls. You see when guys bounce off of Kofi and then they fall down around his knees, you know, that's got to scare the heck out of you because you don't want to blow a knee out on, you know, some water bug who fouled you in the first place, shouldn't have been there. And so I, I, I will tell you that as an Illini fan, I, I really think, um, you know, I want to see Kofi back next year. I can understand why he would go to the NBA, but the one thing I would tell him if, if you know, he and I were having a conversation would be that if you get a face, if you can develop a face to the basket game, they have to call a lot of those fouls because a lot of the fouls that they're not calling right now are when people hit him in the back, when people hit him in the side, he starts playing playing the game of basketball with his shoulders square to the basket and going forward, um, those fouls have to be called. And, and, but, but he's going to have to be able to have that 10, 12, 14 foot jumper that falls on a regular basis. He's going to have to be able to put the ball down for one dribble. So I think there's an awful lot that he could gain by being here one year, particularly with coach Antigua who can help him develop those skills and I hope his frustration with very poor Big Ten officials doesn't overweigh and, and you know, count out what uh, Coach Antigua could do to help him have a very long and profitable NBA career. Yeah, no question. That's the next development for him. I thought he did move his feet pretty well against Trice. It's just when they're playing that, that type of defense, it's no three defense. There's not much help either. So. Um, overall, though, I the one guy I'm going to give a shout-out to we haven't talked about was Jacob Grandison, who on the plus-minus scale was plus 17. He only had five points, but he did have eight rebounds, two assists, um, and a steal. But he was plus 17 on plus-minus. That shows when you're on the floor, some good things are happening. And I thought his, uh, his ability to space the floor, I thought when he gets his feet set, he's a much better shooter than I expected. I know he shot 35% from three at Holy Cross, but he's a really good shooter when he gets his feet set. Um and it's showing some more versatility to his game, perhaps, than I expected. He did take a couple bad shots, but overall, pretty good effort from him. So now yeah. Illinois heads to Michigan. 
Um, that's going to be tough. Michigan's pretty good. Um, they, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that they are right there with Baylor and Gonzaga. I think those three teams have kind of separated themselves from the pack. It was Baylor and Gonzaga. I feel like Michigan is kind of up their game and with the wins that they've gotten and, and they have a tough schedule coming up. No question. Um, obviously playing Illinois and Michigan state twice and different, you know, it, it, it's going to be tough for them. I'm not, I'm not, they're going to have a, they're going to hit a clunker. But it's almost like the uh, 05 Illini where you kind of wanted to have that clunker. They had the clunker at Ohio State to get ready for the postseason. Does Michigan need to have that maybe? Or maybe they'll have it on Tuesday. We, we can hope, right? And so um, that's going to be a tough one. Now, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Do you play – if if you could play Io, even if you could play him on Tuesday and you get him back, maybe he comes back and Monday's able to practice in the mask and Tuesday can play – do you play him on Tuesday? You know, I, I always had a pretty strict term when I was coaching AAU – and to take myself out of the whole strategy thing and um, frustration of the player not being able to play, I pretty much left it up to the doctors. So in this particular case, if, if the doctor really does give him the green light, I think Io's too much of a competitor to tell him, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do some strategery here and we're gonna sit you. Um, I can see the logic in saying, you know, you're going up against this team there's a, you know, basically we can beat any team in the country, but we've got to have everybody hitting on all cylinders to do so. Um, I still would say that, that I would probably lean towards playing him, assuming a doctor tells me he can play. Now, if a doctor is like, yeah, I, I don't think I would do that. I would have no problem telling IO and, and, you know, talking with his family and saying, look, I don't, I don't want to put your son in a bad position where he could get hurt. Let's load up for Ohio State. Let's finish the year big against the Buckeyes. But again, that's just me. And, and I know coaches, you know, play this a, a lot of different ways. What would you do? Well, the good thing is I don't have to make that. We don't have to make that decision. That's on Brad Underwood. Yeah. We get a, We can sit around and make fun of or critique his decision, right? So, yep. um, you know, in, in my case, it's one of those things. I'm never, at, like you say, I'm a competitor. So if, if he's clear and he wants to play, and doctors say he's good to go, then I'm playing him because, you know, the kid, I, I want to win, you know. It, but when yeah. you're from the outside looking in, we can kind of look at it and say, hey, maybe it's a better idea to sit him this game. Give him another week to rest. If nothing else, here's the other thing. I always had to grind and play a lot of minutes. Hey, you've got two wins without him. If you go two and one without him, then you get him ready. He's, he's rested, ready to go to Ohio State. You win that game, probably get a one seed. Even if you lose Michigan, you beat Ohio State, you're probably the one seed coming out of the Big Ten. And you're also probably you're second in the conference. You get the two two seed. I mean, that's that's the big game for me. Now, if you beat Michigan, obviously that you may be a one seed as well. But I just think that's a tougher game than Ohio State. I think they're both tough, but I think that might be a tougher game. And he's further out. So from the outside looking in, I get to make that easy decision, right? So, um, but as the coach, yeah, I'm with you. If I'm the coach, doctor says he can play. Kid wants to play. He's playing because he's our best player and he's the best player in the country. So, or one of the best players in the country at worst. So, all right. Well, the Illini are yeah, and I've got to, Go ahead. I've got to think that, um, you know, we were talking with Seve on uh, 590 The Fan uh, last week, and he did have one concern. He said, you, you know, it, has Io played just so many minutes that he could be getting some fatigue? And my answer was, is that that's just not within Io's personality to, to feel the fatigue. But in this case, maybe, maybe like you said, maybe a, a little bit of rest isn't the worst thing in the world and have him go back with a little bit fresher legs 
for the Big Ten tournament, that might be something that the doctor ordered as well. And like you and I talked, you you put a you put a mask on him. Now all of a sudden, you know, the Iowa legend can grow if he makes something happen. We have Rip Hamilton, Kobe Bryant, and Io. So that's pretty good company to be in. Yeah, I think that you know what's cool about you mentioned that. This is just side note. It's pretty cool. You know, you talk about now it's Io and it's Kofi. Like we don't even need last names anymore. So that's when they're iconic in Illinois basketball lore. D, Darren, Lou, Io, Kofi. Now we got them, right? So this they, they've they've reached icon status now. Exactly. So hopefully they can uh, add to their legend down the stretch. So the Illini get the win in Madison. Huge win. It's actually an uh, interesting thing. The last time Illinois won two years in a row in Madison was back in uh, in the 05, 04-05 and the 05-06. They won back-to-back up there in Madison. I think it's only happened – five times since they opened the new building where teams won there twice in a row. So it's very rare. Madison's a tough place to win. Obviously not having fans there. Uh, definitely. Um, we don't have Steve Stricker having to wear the Illini hat in the Wisconsin polo. So, um, so maybe that that's good, but, but overall, you know, it's a great win. Uh, you beat the number 23 team on the con- in the country on the road without your best player and, and the best player in the big 10 and the Illini get the dub. So that's it for uh sturdy for 30 post game. Um, Mike Cagley, Brad Sturdy, IlliniGuys.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.